0: Welcome to another installment of Vinylism for tonight, and I'm your host, Adam Winchell. And it's kind of a cold night here in Los Angeles. Would you guys agree? Colder than usual. Uh, It's a little little chilly. Post-rain. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we had some rain here. Uh, First voice you just heard was uh, my co-host, Kenny. How you doing, Kenny? Doing great. Glad to be here. Good chatting with the homies. Yes, indeed. And uh, we also have Kimo
1: with us tonight. What's going on, Kimo? Double K, dude. Kenny, me, Kimo, and then Adam.
0: And then me. Yes.
1: <laughs> and then Adam. <laughs> Come on, we need another 8K in there, man.
0: No, I, I don't think that'd be a good idea, actually. No, but, um, I don't think so. <laughs> so for tonight, um, kind of had the idea, kind of had some like news items floating around out there on the, on the webs. And... Uh, we're kind of thinking, you know, we haven't done this before. We've never done a Vinyl News Roundup. We never like covered all these stories that are out there that like pertain to this uh, wonderful obsession of ours, which is vinyl record collecting and obsessing. So that's what we're going to do. We're each going to take a segment and uh, hit on some news items tonight. So, Kimo, why don't you go first? All with... right. Story vinyl record sales increased almost 30% in 2020, the RIAA says.
1: Yep. The Recording Industry Association of America came out with their annual year-end report for 2020, so they're saying that uh, there was a decrease in physical units, 17.4% decrease because of CDs and other tangible items, but vinyl was the only thing that saved the physical realm of music. So vinyl increased 29.2% or approximately 30%. And that amount came out to be $619 million compared to 2019, which was $479 million in 2019. So the streaming being the biggest winner out of this whole bunch uh it made 10.1 billion dollars it's a 13.4 increase from 2019 which was 8.9 billion dollars so it's pretty lucrative streaming wise that's for sure so yeah the big boys uh apple music spotify uh contending for those numbers of uh subscribers that they they get from the subscriptions that everyone pays for for the streaming services you have also title you have the smaller known ones uh there however there was a decrease in downloads and cd sales for uh downloads it was 18 percent decrease from 674 million dollars in last year to the previous year of 2019 is $822 million. So there's a small deficit there for CD sales. It was almost 25% decrease. So it was there were CD sales of $483 million uh, from the previous year. It was $630 million. And uh, the proximate value, total value of streaming, vinyl, downloads, CDs, and tangibles was $12.2 billion from last year. So. Hey, we love our music, man. You know, especially
2: in hard times like last year, 2020. I'm sure. A lot of us were, were leaning on music to help get us through.
0: Now to recap real quick, streaming of course is king. You know, they've generated ten point billion billion. 83% of the total revenue of the industry in sales. Where, I don't see where the they list what the CD sales were. I see downloads.
1: Oh, from the article? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I listed, there's two links in the Google Docs. The Pitchfork is the one I base most of the information, and then the link below at the 2020 year end music industry revenue report PDF. That's actual where the pitchfork got their information was there's a so, PDF. That am I right? most of these numbers.
0: Am I right in thinking that vinyl sales are still below CD that of CDs? Well, I'm I'm seeing
2: some uh some some numbers here on this uh from this website called Statista that shows uh it just this is just the US, so I don't know about worldwide, but in the US, it said 31.6 million CDs were sold in the US and 27.5 million LPs were sold in the US. So it's still below the, the the LP sales are, yeah. The LPs are a little under CDs, but almost there. Pretty, pretty darn yeah. close.
0: I don't really know anyone that buys CDs anymore. Do you guys? I do occasionally. It's
2: uh, you know, I. I don't, man. I I don't buy them anymore. I mean uh you know, I mean I want to support artists or something, right? If I if I went to a show, which of course there's none happening right now, and all all they had to sell was CDs or something like that and I wanted to just help the band out, sure. But in the in this age of streaming, which is digital and CDs, digital, it's like you kind of sort of the CD loses its luster, you know? Yeah, it's too hard I agree to carry too hard to carry around in your car or whatever, I have a bunch of CDs or a CD wallet when you could just like Bluetooth connect your phone and
0: totally, yeah. listen to your music. For me, I've found that there's these nice box sets and a lot of them aren't on streaming. And uh, they have some great, you know, uh, extra tracks and, you know, stuff you can't really find anywhere else. I've got picked up a few of those last few years. I got a John Lennon one, I got a Buffalo Springfield one. Know yeah, good stuff like that,
2: yeah. That could be cool if there's something something new, something useful that uh, some tracks you can't get somewhere else,
0: yeah. That's the main reason I pick them up. But uh, it does seem like uh, records are gaining on CDs, but nothing's going to touch streaming, like you say, the convenience of it. So, yeah, but I think that
2: that's you know, the the with the, the internet age and streaming, I mean, I think that's where this uh this boom in vinyl sales is coming coming back from you know it's just you want to have something tangible it's nice to have that record in your hands you know i i'm a fan of the cool colored splatter wax and all this cool stuff that they're doing and if it's a nice gatefold and some cool artwork or whatever like to have the actual physical thing in your hands pop it on the record player you know it's it's uh i think it's 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 a breath of fresh air sometimes to take a breath from the digital world and just kick back with a record, you know.
1: Yeah, analog baby.
2: <laughs> yeah, these other stats that I've seen here too were like they're kind of saying uh, that this big vinyl resurgence started really in like 2006 is is when they're kind of quantifying the comeback and and that in 2020, you know, basically. LP sales were like 30 fold. They're up 30 fold compared to 2006. So, I mean, it's, it's booming. It looks like it's only gonna keep getting higher and higher.
0: That's about when I started, it was 04, 05. Kimo, I imagine you never stopped buying.
1: Yeah, I started probably in the mid, late nineties. Yeah.
0: So on the analog note, on, back on records. Um, we were kind of wondering if Record Store Day was going to happen this year with everything going on. And it appears as of now in March of 2021 that it won't be happening in April as it usually does. We did find some info that Record Store Day has announced two drop dates for this year's celebration. Uh, it's basically Record Store Day split up on June 10th and July 17th. And I'm kind of getting the, the vibe that this is like a very limited kind of record store day kind of, I mean, there's no list yet that I've seen. So all, all you saw was uh, a couple of proposed dates, nothing I'm, else. I'm pretty sure that's the dates they're going with June 12th and July 17th. So kind of like last year when it was three weekends, late it was later in the year, but this is, you know, in summer but we don't have a lot of else information on that yet and no list of albums, what they're going to be. Yeah. Well, it's,
2: it's going to be challenging. I mean, uh, the, uh, the COVID-19 situation here in LA uh, where we are is, is getting better and uh, they're getting close to opening up more businesses and things like that. But it's kind of hard to do the record store day when you can't have people getting into record stores.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I was last at the store, it was around, um, I want to say like Black Friday time, last November. And there was a small line to get in, but uh, it didn't take too long. Will you guys be checking out the RSDJ drops? Uh, well, we'll
2: have to, I guess keep our eyes open for some, some news on who's going to be, uh, what's
0: going to be coming out. For a list. Kimo, are you going to do the drops?
1: I might. I'm not sure. It's debatable. I got my first vaccine shot last Sunday, so uh, by that time, June 12th, uh, maybe. I'm not sure. depends on how many releases come out and what good releases are there for me to pick up on, so maybe. Uh, So originally, December last year, they announced only one date, but then it was until few days ago, or maybe today they announced uh, they're going to do June 12th and July mm. 17th.
0: Now, is Amoeba open over here in Hollywood? That's a no, Kino says. Nope. Yeah, I remember they were relocating.
2: They were shutting down and they were going to reopen in their new location. I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen, though. I, I haven't followed that.
1: Tentatively, April 1st, like when Disneyland opens partially and in-
0: well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, keep June 12th and July 17th on your calendar for some record store day drops. So, yeah, you know, I think it's like with
2: maybe, uh, you know, we need to come up like with a uh, side business here, you know, that we could kick off like since, since you can't get out into the record store, you know, like Grubhub and, all these other things uber eats have been booming we could do like a you know the wax cab or something you know delivering <laughs> delivering records that to would totally
0: do that <laughs> that's a like pretty that. good idea i mean they deliver everything <laughs> else now
1: back in the day uh i heard bc boys had sneaker pimps where they would actually get sneakers for the bc boys and aka there was a band called sneaker pimps that was like a trip hop band they named
0: themselves after that and uh,
1: yeah <laughs> so we could be something like sneaker <laughs>
0: i love it uh speaking of pimps no I don't, that's not a good segue at all uh tell us all <clears throat> about uh nfts kenny this is a really interesting story that came out in the last
2: few weeks well this is, uh, this is kind of the anti-vinyl, right? I mean, this, uh, this story here, the, uh, it's been all the rage and all, all in the news as a, as a hot topic the last couple of weeks. These NFTs, non-fungible tokens, um, which uh, essentially is, is um, it's basically a digital certificate. It's kind of based on like the blockchain cryptocurrency type of model. And uh, the whole idea, you know, non-fungible means it's like a one of a kind, it's not replaceable. So each, each one of these non-fungible tokens that's sold is, uh, it's, it's unique. The token is anyway, not the music or the art. Like that's the, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. I've been trying to read a little bit about it and it um, kind of blows my mind a little bit because people are paying a lot of money for these things. And they're not really even getting like some unique piece of content. They're just sort of paying for the novelty of having a unique digital token and able to get access to music that pretty much everybody else can get access to as well. Um, some of them have uh, been given away some different some different things, like uh, it was in the news that uh, King, Kings of Leon are releasing their latest album as a uh, NFT. And I guess some of the tokens that they're selling include like, you know, potentially like front row tickets to shows whenever they eventually tour and play again, or some special merch or special issue vinyl and things like that. Um, but it's kind of crazy. It's been like, a, it's basically sold through like a crypto marketplace type of type of situation. I can't say I'm really experienced or knowledgeable on on these platforms, but a lot of it's based around ether and like the Ethereum tokens and, and these, these marketplaces where they can essentially put these things on sale, like as an auction and people have been paying a lot of money. Like they say uh, they said that Kings of Leon has already grossed about $2 million in sales um, from their, their NFTs that they put out there. And uh some of these other things, there are some, uh, some artist. uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of who else was in there. Apparently Mike Shinoda from Lincoln park fame has, uh, released a single as an NFT. And, uh, there's a DJ named, uh, three I U. I don't know how they pronounce it. I think it's actually pronounced Blau or blah. Like the guy, <laughs> wow. the guy's last, his real last name is B L a U, but this guy, uh, apparently released his 2018 album Ultraviolet in NFT format and basically made like $12 million in 24 hours selling these tokens. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of mind boggling, man. It really is. It's, you know, I guess people are thinking that these are collectible things, you know, kind of like collecting baseball cards or, or, say collecting vintage vinyl or something, right? That's it's sort of a a rare item that maybe they can resell for for more money down the road.
0: Now, how do you play the tokens?
2: So you don't play the token. I mean, basically it's like a digital certificate, essentially. I think, I don't know how this would actually work. I think you actually would have to basically redeem that token to download the actual music that you would play the actual music files but that specific the token itself is is on the blockchain so much like owning, owning a bitcoin or owning some ether you'd own this token but the the actual content um, you get that kind of the same way as anything else. I mean, I guess you would use that token as a key to be able to download these the
0: files. So once you uh, once you cash in the token, does it lose any of its value or do we know? Well, according to this, no. I mean, people
2: are buying stuff, uh, they're buying these tokens and then reselling them because Right, that's what people do. If I, I buy a token for a hundred dollars and somebody will pay me a thousand dollars for that token, <laughs> then like hell yeah! So, like, people are doing that apparently. Um, it's kind of creating this market for stuff. Um, that's like, uh, like one of the things I was reading about is uh, this uh, Latin artist named Ozuna put out a collection of NFTs that are basically like almost like a, a digital trading card, essentially, they're like they're basically like logos and images with like 20 seconds worth of audio and it's it's kind of like you're buying a digital playing card so like you if you get the token you get access to this this content people are buying that and then it, right if you if you some of this thing is like they have a limited number of the tokens so yeah you could get the actual music or that actual image but there's only let's say 20 tokens so if you want to be one of the 20 people in the world that owns this token then you'll pay more money for it
0: it makes a little more sense now you explain it that way i wasn't really getting this at first reading about it
2: it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me man i mean it's it's almost like uh (laughs) bands
0: it's almost like these bands like making crypto out of their themselves but there's like a physical component and
2: Kind of, kind of is, yeah. I mean, they're basically capitalizing on people's popularity with uh, cryptocurrencies and these sort of digital assets. I mean, people are using it for artwork too. I've seen stuff where they uh, they said they're using it for like digital art, and essentially, basically, much like you would bid on a painting by somebody like Banksy, a famous artist or something, they're auctioning off these. Digital art as NFTs. Interestingly, I read this thing bringing up Banksy is like that there was a story that some some company basically took a piece of art created by Banksy and they burned this artwork, which was apparently worth close to hundred thousand dollars. They burned it and filmed the burning of the artwork, and then and sold that sold four tokens, so four NFTs of the burning of the artwork video. And apparently they made like four times the actual value of the piece of art by selling these tokens of the burning of the art, which is just like what in the fuck is going on? I don't know.
0: So here's something I see in the article. Unlike most virtual currencies, you couldn't exchange one NFT for another in the same way that you would with dollars or gold bars, getting your crypto, your money out of crypto, in other words. I guess you can't, uh, you have to sell it as a unique item.
2: Yeah, it's like the, the, digital, the digital hash that's associated with it is one of a kind. So yeah, you could trade the song because you don't, you don't own the rights to the actual music or royalties or anything like that. So you could basically give somebody the music file, but there's still only one token so mm. it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's uh, some crazy ass times we live in right now. But you guys remember,
0: you guys remember Pogs back in the nineties? Fuck <laughs> <Kimono, laughs> no. Know
1: <laughs> Just kidding. I
0: never, I never owned any Pogs, but. Uh, me I, either. I heard of them.
2: Mind. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always something, right? Like magic, the gathering cards, you know, uh, Pokemon. Me, I mean, Beanie me babies, Yu-Gi-Oh people like to collect shit man we're pack rats
0: i remember it was trolls remember the troll dolls when i, when I was a kid <laughs> probably a little uh past you guys are probably a little past that time but uh <laughs> yeah i mean uh it's interesting now they're tying it to music i guess it's about tied to anything
2: yeah i mean i guess it's a way right if if somebody's willing to buy it and here's a make story some money off it
0: here's a story right it links right off of this i haven't read it. it links off of this page that jack dorsey is offering to sell the first tweet as an nft and the highest bid is 2.5 million apparently he
2: already did do that i saw that, something his yeah. old story and it said he was donating the money to some charity or something like that but yeah somebody somebody was willing to pay that that money for that
1: i think who was a the- First one to introduce it was Grimes, who sold six million dollars worth of M- NFTs. I didn't see know, something about that else. too.
2: I don't know if she was first, but yeah, she's one of the people, one of the artists they that capitalized
1: on it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have an artist named Beeple sold three point five million dollars worth of art. Yeah. NFTs so. Exactly.
2: Like you can attach it to anything. It doesn't have to be music. It's, it's a new way of selling and associating the, the, these tokens with original artworks of
0: all kinds. Can you attach an NFT to an NFT? <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah.
1: So I'm sure it'll be, now, accounted. I'm trolling. now NFTs will be probably accounted for in digital sales, I guess. Wow. ria may may add that to the making of generating of revenue for revenue for, yeah well for bands and musicians
0: if uh kings of leon already made two million large off of it then it's as valid as any other like you know record sale thing i guess yeah well that the artist people that chemo
2: was just talking about i see here that uh he sold a piece of digital artwork, a JPEG file that was named named every Days the first five thousand days and uh, it sold for sixty nine point three million at a Christie's auction. Wow for a JPEG. What in the hell? We're
0: in the I wrong business know. guys <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's all I got to say about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, who knows, right? Some people are wondering, is it just a fad, some you know, novel idea, another bubble? Who knows, man. Bitcoin is almost almost up to sixty thousand dollars a coin today. It was getting near the all time high, which I think is around fifty eight thousand. So, who knows, man?
0: That's why I had to give the story to you, our resident crypto expert. Here, Kenny, I knew you'd be good on this one. So thanks for explaining that. Hey, I, you know, I, I tried best I can.
2: Some of it's a little, little hazy for me too. I still, I kind of get it, but at the same time, I kind of don't.
0: No, I think that's, I think that's the point. (laughs) Uh, Kimo, what is going on with music venues?
2: Kimo, I think you're on mute. There God you go, damn
1: buddy. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the three, the three of us love going out to shows, and that's one thing we miss the most is just seeing the bands perform, hearing the music, getting some merch, maybe getting an LP or two. Uh, it was reported that New York's governor, Andrew M. Cuomo, said that they'll allow thirty-three percent capacity for venues on starting on April second. Uh, that means indoor events. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but capacity will be limited to about a hundred people. Uh, outdoor events can have two hundred attendees. Uh, if they administer COVID-19 tests to all attendees, the limit can increase to 150 people indoors, and then 500 for outdoors. Um, not all venues will reopen in April, of course, if they are legally if they are legally allowed to do so. Uh, one venue owner of uh, the Bowery ballroom in Mercury Lounge said that twenty percent capacity is unattainable, meaning that it's not realistic for venues to make money off of that limited capacity. So
0: well yeah I was thinking like does that mean they jacked the ticket price way up or like the price of drinks to cover? I mean it's
1: probably well
2: you know um, I don't know if they're doing it yet, but, um, my brother lives in the, uh, the Denver, greater Denver area. And, and, uh, for a while they were doing limited capacity shows out there. Um, I don't think they've done that. I, I think he, the last show that he went to was probably like towards the end of last summer. Um, but they were doing that where they had like, I don't know what the number was, you know, 50% capacity, whatever the limited number that they were allowing in there. And of course, people were wearing masks and all that, and you know it's I don't think he paid like you know much more than than usual to get in, you know, but just I think people are just happy to get out there and do something, you know,
0: yeah well, it's gonna take uh some time, I think, to figure out how we're gonna do this this is our new reality of ours, so yeah, it's kinda
2: hard to do those like parking lot concerts where everybody just drives up in their car and sits in their car, like a drive-in theater. And
0: (laughs) especially New York.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, Hey, the the numbers are looking better and things are starting to open up and the vaccines getting out there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm not sure I'm going to be one of the first ones rushing through the door to cram in there with people.
0: Uh, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, Kimo, I know you're excited about getting back out to shows.
1: Yeah, it's my livelihood, pretty much my hobby of recording bands and <laughs> stuff. But I'm not sure. I, I, I'm gonna play it by ear when yeah. we get back to that state. Well,
0: uh, I've got the next story here that. Kind of surprised me when I heard about this. It's a new box set by the band Mars Volta. And it's called La Realidad de los Suenos, which means the reality of dreams. And it's a 18, do I have this? 18, yes, 18 LP box set, 180 grams each. And going on sale April 23rd. I think they've already taken started taking pre orders for this. It's $599.99. Let's put some of that NFT yeah, money toward it. I think it's already sold out.
1: Didn't some more go on sale, chemo? You were saying SRC vinyl is selling it for 599 I think it originally went for $500.
0: Oh, I think it was always
2: $600. Uh, I've shown it was like three or were on this uh, site. It was four seventy nine. Oh, really? Originally, that that five thousand copies sold out. So, oh, okay. And who knows if these other other retailers got a hold of some of them and they're selling it for a little little bump up?
0: Okay, it must be. They said it was limited to five thousand copies worldwide. Um, it contains all of their albums, including the EP, the original EP, Tremulant, the Great Deal, Allston Comatorium, onward through the rest. It's got, uh, I guess, a couple discs of unreleased stuff from the d sessions. And uh, a book of behind-the-scenes yeah, photography. I don't, know if, just, photography. And I don't know if
2: it's just a song or if it's a whole album. This It says that they're something, landscape
0: tantrums. There's landscape t- tantrums, unfinished recor- original recordings. And then there's uh, a couple tracks, A Plague Upon, Hissing Children, and Eunuch Provocator." Propag- which I think were two outtakes from D Loused. Kimo, do you know?
1: I think I it is. It says.
2: Yeah, I think is, it says that they're unreleased versions, but I think hmm. they were. Well, I think Eunuch Provocateur was on the album.
0: Oh, it is on the album. Plague yeah. Upon
2: Your Hissing Children. I don't know if that. So I, maybe they're just like alternate takes that they had from the sessions.
0: Yeah. I'd be most interested to hear that stuff and I'd be most interested in having D the first full album of theirs on vinyl. Uh to spend four to five to six hundred dollars on this box set? No, not for me.
2: Yeah, it's a little steep. It's a little steep. Although looking at it, it looks really fucking cool. It's and neat. It's got its own little of,
0: stand, the way it's been designed. Yeah, it's kind of a it's,
2: it's kind of tempting. Although, yeah, that friggin' stand, like I don't have space for that shit. But but the art you know, does look cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the Mars Volta is a great band. I liked a lot of their stuff. Some of their stuff is a little out there. There was a a couple of their later albums were a little screechy, you know, kind of a little just, I don't know, too, uh, I don't know, too over the top, almost like Zappa-esque to the point of where it's just like, not not cohesive like the earlier stuff, but still still pretty awesome band. Looks like a like a pretty nice
0: package. Yeah, Kimo, do you have any of these on vinyl and originals?
1: No, I don't.
0: I thought you had like Francis the Mute or something.
1: I only have like the in, which is an un- completely unrelated.
0: Well, it's kind of related.
1: Well, not completely, but yeah. You know,
0: well, Mars Volta box set. If you got one, good for you. <laughs> Too expensive for me, but it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely the fan of theirs that love their early stuff, and they lost me a bit with the later, you know. There's some interesting stuff on all those albums that I heard, but I really like the first couple of the best, obviously. Yeah,
2: I mean, when d first came out, um, I mean, that was that was just awesome, just badass, kind of unique too. Like, there weren't really anybody else doing anything like that. No. You know, when they when they came out with that, and, and I mean, more power to a man. They pushed the envelope. They didn't just make the same album or the same style. They went like all over the place, and so you know, kind of gotta give them props for that. Doing whatever they wanted and basically not giving a fuck.
0: I got to see them on that tour for the first album, and it was fantastic. They are just amazing live.
1: Yeah, I went to the Henry Fonda show, and all d stuff. I mean, it's fantastic. No. It was such a good show.
0: Great band. Expensive box set. <laughs> Pick it up. It's probably too late. Um, we're going to throw it back to Chemo to tell us why streaming numbers are going down during quarantine.
1: Yeah, This is actually this is, a
0: story from last year.
1: Yeah, this is a story from last year. I just wanted to touch base on it because it's an interesting aspect of this whole pandemic thing and how it affected musicians, fans. Um, last year when the pandemic started, uh, Amazon repivoted their sales towards essential goods. So they stopped... Uh, shipping CDs and vinyl. So there was a period of time where there was a halt completely for Amazon's shipment of these tangibles for about a couple months. Maybe they're saying that from March 12th through the 19th, there's a 29% decrease in album sales approximately 1.5 million encompassing digital cds vinyl and cassettes uh this effect of the pandemic also caused more people to watch tv because they wanted to be informed about the pandemic so people were not listening to music as much they're a bit more glued to the tube for information gathering so, they, so that everyone could stay alive. That was like a 15 to 17% increase in TV consumption. Uh, it, there was the news outlets, of course, such as CNN, Fox News, and C- MSNBC, there was, had an increase of 119% engagement, which is significant. Uh, subscription services went up like Apple TV, Netflix and uh, Disney Plus. Uh, but not to as a high, not as a high degree as the news outlets. So, and now that people are not leaving for work and not commuting and there's less uh, listening to music in, on their commutes because the commute got eliminated due to remote work. So, But Spotify was down 20, 20% for the built-in car app. So that's that was pretty significant, obviously, for the reason of the pandemic hitting all of mankind. So the pivot for streaming live performances is the way musicians had engaged with their audience, and that was the only way to survive. And a lot of people had to give up musician if they weren't going to pivot in that direction like using twitch or youtube for live streams yeah. so yeah and um it's a very sad time a year ago man
0: hopefully it's gotten a little bit better <laughs> since then sure it has
1: yeah so there's a slight dip even though that the numbers from our previous segment of the RIAA reporting that there was an increase in uh, streaming. Um but just during around this time a year ago there was a dip for streaming services. For music streaming services.
0: Right. Not TV streaming.
1: No, 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 yeah. So that was the reality of the pandemic and it affected everybody music yeah. the music industry was live music industry was hit the hardest but uh for musicians they had to pivot in such a way that they had to rely on their engagement with their audiences through youtube and twitch so
0: right so uh Kenny, tell me all about this uh McDonald's offering vinyl record and lim- limited crispy chicken sandwich merch bundle. Hey, uh, you can bring the funny on this one.
2: Well, I, I don't know how much funny I've got for it, man. I mean, but other God. than the, they're calling it the Chicken Drop, the Chicken Drop merch bundle. Well, you know, I'll show you some Chicken Drop after I eat that bundle.
0: <laughs> Maybe they can drop it on RSD drop day.
2: <laughs>
1: McChicken <My> Drop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh that just shows you how popular vinyl is, right? That like can't even sell a damn chicken sandwich without throwing in some vinyl with it.
0: Break it down first. What are they what are they offering here with your crispy chicken sandwich experience?
2: It's a uh special promotional bundle that includes a seven-inch vinyl record as part of the uh part of the package. Um and uh, apparently it's some Tennessee. Uh, based hip-hop producer Tay Keith uh, is going to be working on the music for this. I guess this guy, Tay Keith, is uh, perhaps best known for working with rapper Travis Scott on the song Sicko Mode. So, uh, yeah, basically you get a uh, nasty chicken sandwich. Um, The bundle also comes with a hooded sweatshirt and a seven-inch vinyl record.
0: Damn. So... Yeah. For five bucks, pretty
2: sweet. For five bucks, you know, yeah. That's
0: gonna that's gonna go fast. Uh, Limited edition, sold on a first come first served basis. Twelve noon at this location of the link. I'm not gonna click on it, but
2: yeah, I don't know where they're rolling that out. <laughs> Probably in the south, right, where they they love the chicken sandwiches.
0: Where's the store? What what? How chicken drop. The story? Okay, the story's from February they 18th. A,
2: they even have a website, chickendrop.com. <laughs> chkndrop.com and it shows a turntable guy putting his cool little take heath record on the turntable with his tasty chicken sandwich I sitting next it. to it
0: i love it so cool sold out that hoodie looks rad <laughs> the uh yeah well, the package I mean, is so
2: tasty it's sold out
0: that's gonna be a rave collector's item right there
2: yeah maybe Maybe if you search you can find a copy on Discogs or eBay. Well, yeah, it's uh you know it it in case you didn't know McDonald's has a rich history with vinyl going back oh, really? to uh going back to 1988 that uh in 1988 McDonald had a uh, million dollar menu song uh sort of you know, prize giveaway.
0: Was that by Richard they, Marks uh, back then?
2: <laughs> it was, uh, you know, ba- basically they, uh, like an, an advertising, you know, gimmick that they had where they made a flexi disc. And I guess it was like in the advertising supplements of uh, newspapers. So like, if you bought your regular, I don't know, Sunday newspaper, I'm guessing, right? Like somewhere in that, that advertising segment, there was a McDonald's flexi disc and uh, it basically had a uh, song on it with a chorus singing its way through the entire McDonald's menu. And the winning disc had the, the chorus completing the entire menu and then telling you that you were the winner. And uh, there was only one winning Flexi Disc. And uh, apparently it was a, a 13-year-old kid, 13-year-old boy in Galax, Virginia, got the winning, the winning Flexi Disc. So yeah, still so has it. McDonald's and their love of vinyl runs deep.
0: It's great. My <laughs> well, chicken drop record. Yeah, chicken
2: drop the needle.
0: <laughs> uh I think that uh that covers the stories we had in our our first vinyl news roundup. I think we'll be doing this again. I think this worked pretty good. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, we,
2: we, uh, we got our fingers on the pulse of vinyl news in America. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Listen, this is all, listen to this podcast, people. It's all you need.
2: Exactly. You can't drop a chicken sandwich without us being there to find out about it. And report on
0: it. My oh God, Kimo just threw his cat. <laughs> cat is getting in the way of my workstation. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I think we're going to hit on a few recommendations, right? Uh, yeah. Who's going first?
1: I'll go first. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a reissue or a. Uh, it's an album on my bot. And my cat is trying to get through here. She's trying to be. <laughs> Very oh, nice. Okay, there we go. I bought Julianne Hatfield's, and she's coming back through for more. You're gonna, you're gonna ruin some knobs here, cat. She wants your and attention, don't fall dude. my face. I know, I know. I should have put her in another half of the house. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Julianne Hatfield. Only everything is released in '96, I think, and it's a double LP i bought it off of discogs and i saw her stream uh, about two weeks ago on youtube and i was Ford and i enjoyed it and wanted it on lp and i got it for 40 bucks which is a deal because it's from the 90s so i'm glad i was able to get a copy of it is that a reissue no it's not a it's not a reissue it's just the original it may may be a reissue because it was from that era so i'm not sure if there was a first issue where they did a single press and maybe they did a double press after that i'm not sure cool but josh freeze plays drums on it oh nice cool sounds good
0: I'm we'll gonna cut your mic, Chemo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Kenny, anyway, what do you got?
2: Hey, uh, well, I got, uh, I got a, a real tasty record. Um uh, chicken. That, yeah, almost as good as that. Speaking of chickens, from a band called Jake the Hawk. Um, just came out. The record just dropped on February 19th. Um, bands Jake the Hawk. The album's called Hinterlands and uh came out on ripple music who's a uh fantastic record label for heavy rock stoner rock doom rock desert rock uh whatever you want to call it they've got quite a few bands in there even some like heavy psych and uh this album hinterlands is great i got i got the vinyl uh it's like a uh, limited edition splatter kind of clear vinyl with heavy green and purple splatter, which looks pretty badass and kind of matches the uh the artwork on the cover. And uh it's a great album. Six tunes, but they're all some uh long tracks. They're all between like six, seven minute tracks. So it's a it's a full album. And uh it's basically some some heavy you know heavy hypnotic groovy lush sort of they call it Appalachian psych heavy psych but uh it's it's some fuzzy guitars groovy bass some solid drums good good melodic singing and uh it's a great album highly recommend it
0: cool jake the hawk check him out uh i'm searching discogs for the chicken drop i don't think anyone's added it yet but i do see something called i like them big boned It's an EP by someone called the Jamanta crew. Anyway, (laughs) now I'm reading Discogs. Uh, I picked up the newly reissued uh, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, PJ Harvey album, which originally came out in 2000. Definitely one of my favorites of hers. Record sounds great. Probably should have been a double LP, but it's all in one. And it has uh, corresponding demos separately sold. I also picked those up, and they're fantastic. So, it's three issues have all been very satisfying so far. So, and there's more to go. And I'm probably gonna get them all. So, PJ Harvey, Stories from the city Stories from the Sea. Check it out. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our uh, this this show.
1: Kimo, you got any final thoughts? Yes, my final thoughts is buy them vinyls.
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh, Kenny, very good chemo. Kenny, what you got, final thoughts? Uh,
2: well, you know, I just wish uh, everybody health and safety and good times. I've had some good news recently with uh, friends like my two partners on the show tonight. Some family members all getting their vaccine recently, so uh, just everyone keep your 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 hopes up and your optimism about the future that we can get back to normal.
0: So yeah, I mean, you gotta think we have far less days of this bullshit ahead of us than we do already behind us. So it's like I keep trying to tell myself.
2: Yeah, exactly, man. I've just been hunkered down for this last year. And like we're at like a full year since LA went into lockdown, and so you know the the light at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel is uh, starting to come through. So
0: let's hope it's a chicken drop. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right, well it's fun, guys. Nice one, and uh, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Spin you later. And <laughs> everyone out there, keep spinning. <laughs> and culture music blah blah blah